Today on Lawyers Rising. You know, there's all sorts of ways to develop your brand. But the only thing that I would say is whatever brand you're choosing, you should try to make it scalable. Why being a great business person is so important to becoming a great lawyer. Hello and welcome. I'm joined once again by the founder and chief executive of BCG Attorney Search, Harrison Barnes. Hi, Harrison. Thanks for joining me. Sure. Nice to talk to you. One of our recurring themes has been kind of talking more about the business aspects of the legal profession and again, really focusing on making and understanding yourself to be a business person, not just a lawyer. And, you know, I think of all the, all the reasons that people want to become lawyers um, from wanting to make a difference, maybe gaining some prestige or even notoriety, but also it's seen as a way to make money as a very profitable uh, long-term career. Um, and I guess we're going to talk more about how to really actualize that and to make as much money as possible in your career. And again, that comes back to really focusing on yourself as a business person. Can you talk about these two different skills, being a great lawyer and being a great business person? They're not necessarily the same skill set. Do you find that uh, it's somewhat wanting when it comes to young lawyers, just setting out that their, their business acumen may not quite be there? Well, I think, you know, both for younger lawyers and also for older lawyers. Yeah. I mean, um, understanding the business components of what you do is is really, I mean, extremely important. Uh, and, and most people uh, don't necessarily always understand that. And and what's important about it is that if you're just, you know, doing the work, I mean, then all you are is a worker. And, but if you start running a business, then you're, you know, then you're running a business. And, you know, and so the, there's just a big difference. And, you know, I mean, even though an attorney, you know, may work in a law firm and get a salary, I mean, the salary of people that are doing are running businesses, meaning they're bringing in work and they're um, giving other people things to work is always going to be higher than the people that aren't. So, you know, if you want to be someone that does well in the profession, you definitely need to think about everything like a business. What do you think is the biggest, or maybe the several biggest things that make you a good businessman or rather thinking like a good businessman um, and kind of getting uh, or business person, getting, getting into that mindset. What are, what are some of the big things that you need to focus on uh, in order to really improve that skill set? One of the big things I think is understanding that, you know, you have a brand, so you have to stand for something. And, um, you know, and, and what that means is you have to, um, you know, you're, you're better off being a specialist or, you know, having some certain sort of skill and uh, doing something that other people don't. And, you know, too many people are throwing their hats in the ring, uh, you know, and saying that they do just one type of work or, or, you know, something along those lines. And that, and that actually is probably not the best idea because, you know, you're going to be competing with a lot of other people. So, you know, one, one example of a, of a brand was, you know, one time I had um, this lawsuit I had to file and, and I was looking for an attorney to, to help me. And, and I honestly, there was only one attorney I, I found in all of Los Angeles that did the type of work. And so, you know, holding yourself out as doing something, uh, you know, really good is, is important, uh, you know, your, in your brand. And I mean, there's a lot that goes into a brand, but, you know, that's, I think, one of the most important things. And then I think the next most important thing that a lot of people don't understand is the ability to bring in leads, which means, you know, you have to keep the phone ringing and you have to, you know, constantly have, uh, you know, new work coming in and, and that's not easy. And, and there's a lot of people that aren't good at that. And there's a lot of people that are good at it. And then you also have to be able to convert those leads. So, you know, just getting a lead doesn't mean you're going to, 
have the person work with you. I mean, you know, some people get calls from potential people all day and then they can't convert them. So, you know, all those things, I mean, those are just, you know, you know, um, you know, a few of the things, and then you need to scale it and, you know, by having other people do the work and there's, there's a lot that goes into it. It's not easy. Well, let's take each of those in turn because they're all really important. And that's starting with kind of identifying a good niche that you can um, really make your own and therefore become quite profitable because you're the one of the, the top, if, if only uh, lawyers kind of in that particular domain. So how do you do that? You know, so many people are attracted to different kinds of law in school, the stuff that really fires their imagination, really gets them excited about doing this as a career. Um, but as you say, sometimes there's a lot of competition in those. A lot of people are interested in those fields. So it's a difficult thing to have to make the choice between kind of giving up something that you're quite passionate about and then trying to identify something that may be more profitable in the long run. Can you talk about kind of the balance between those two things and, and how you go about uh, identifying those things that, um, maybe that you both enjoy and can make you a lot of money in the long run? Yeah. I mean, well, the, you know, what's surprising though is, is honestly, like, you know, if you're really, if you really enjoy something then, and you're, you're really good at it, then, you know, in most cases, I mean, you know, the more you enjoy something, the more you'll do it. And the more, you know, the harder you'll try at it and the more connections you'll see that other people won't see and the more, you know, kind of enthusiasm you'll put into it and the better you'll do. And, and, you know, so you're right. I mean, you should do what you want. I mean, I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make is they, they, you know, I mean, I remember it was crazy. Like I was, um, uh, when I was a second year, uh, when I was a second year law student, I was in a, I was working in a New York law firm and they asked me, you know, um, at the end of the summer, what I wanted to do. Did I want to do litigation or did I want to do corporate? And, um, and you know, at that point, like, you know, I, I had to decide and literally, I mean, you know, one litigation is kind of like, you know, it's, it's uh, about reading and writing and creating arguments and, you know, telling one side of the story to people and convincing people. And, and, uh, and then, you know, corporate is more like, uh, you know, it's putting together deal documents and, you know, negotiating with another side and, you know, and it is, but it's, it's kind of, it's, it's very complex kind of clerical work. So it makes use of completely different skills, but in the most part, I mean, people that want to make money go into corporate, but I, I never would have gone to corporate. It just didn't interest me. I thought it was very boring and uh, you know, and, um, and I probably wouldn't have done well at all. I mean, I just, I couldn't have imagined uh, you know, and I think for a lot of people, it is interesting because you get to be in, you know, things that are in the headlines and big deals and things. And so there's a lot of very cool things about it. But for me, it wasn't what I liked. And um, it was just different. So, you know, I think if you go into something you like, it doesn't even matter what it is. I mean, family law attorneys can make millions of dollars a year. Uh, you know, people that are personal injury attorneys can can make fortunes. I mean, it's just if you want to make money, you need to go you know, with what interests you, but there needs to be a market for what you're offering too. And that's one of the big things I would say. So you mentioned too, that a big part of this is kind of developing yourself as a brand, as somebody that's the go-to person. You mentioned a lawsuit where there was only really one lawyer in Los Angeles that could do this sort of work. Um, can, you, can you talk about developing that brand? Again, branding and thinking of yourself as a brand might be kind of anathema to a lot of people. They might think it's a little, a little gross, a little ewy, 
but um, you think it's incredibly important, and I tend to agree. Talk to me more about building your brand as a lawyer, why it's so important, and how you go about doing that. Well, there's two types of brands. Um, you know, the first brand is, uh, you know, inside of a law firm. And so if you're working inside of a law firm, you know, you're, you're working for other attorneys, and that's kind of where you're developing your brand. And, um, you know, and if you're developing your brand there, that's actually a very difficult thing to do because, you know, in many cases, all the law firm wants is they want someone to do the work and then basically leave, you know, after they've worked for them for several years and they want to bring in someone new to do it that's hungrier and will do a good job and that they can, you know, the same thing will happen again. So, you know, an attorney inside of a law firm needs to carve out their brand on their own and no one's really going to help them. But, you know, inside of a big law firm, I mean, you're, you're graded by the quality of your work, how much you work. Uh, you know, your enthusiasm, if clients seem to like you, uh, you know, getting clients to do extra work, uh, you know, um, getting, you know, having clients want to work with you and having the most important partners want to work with you. And, you know, so you don't even need business to develop a brand. But in most cases, you know, if a law firm represents mainly institutional clients, having business is very important. Uh, You know, I mean, in most cases, unless they represent only institutional clients, you know, your brand's very important. So it's, it's very difficult to carve out a good brand in a law firm, I think. Um, but it's certainly something, you know, tens of thousands of people or thousands of people do, or tens of thousands probably. So that's kind of inside of a law firm in terms of developing your brand. But, you know, outside of a law firm, I mean, you can take your choice. I mean, it's such a huge market. Like if you're not working in a law firm and you want to start your own firm, you know, there's all sorts of ways to develop your brand. But the only thing that I would say is whatever brand you're choosing, you should try to see, you should try to make it scalable if it can and think about it. Is this, is this brand scalable? You've really uh, doubled down on content marketing for your, you and your businesses, this podcast being a perfect example of that. What do you think about these new avenues of digital media to create a brand around yourself as a, as a lawyer? I think to um, one of my favorite YouTube channels that I go to on a regular basis, Legal Eagle is a guy that uh, just kind of talks about the actual Anytime that there's a, a law film or law referenced in television, he'll kind of break it apart and tell you whether or not it's realistic or not. I love it. And it's probably really built up his his profile. What do you think about content marketing as a vehicle for lawyers? Well, I mean, I think content marketing can go both ways. I mean, I, it, what's interesting is actually in our, uh, you know, I certainly have, have written articles before. And if someone doesn't like it and a competitor doesn't like it, then they can, you know, or, or you know, you can say something that upsets people and you can't. Uh, you know, make everyone happy and, um, you know, and, and you have to be very careful. And even in our own company, it's, it's incredible. Like we wanted the, uh, all the recruiters here to write articles and um, all of them were afraid kind of put their names on it because they were afraid that something would come back to them and they would get, you know, potentially in trouble uh, with someone for something they might've said that was, you know, so a lot of times attorneys are very, um, you know, scared about, uh, you know, offending people and, and that sort of thing. And, and that, that may be uh, a valid concern to some extent. But, you know, in terms of content marketing, I mean, you know, when I was started this business, like I've never really thought of myself as a content marketer. And, you know, when it comes to like a lot of these newer uh, social media platforms and things like, like I don't even, you know, I'm so like I've been in this business for so long that I don't even understand like how Facebook marketing works or how you know, I mean, honestly, like, I just have no idea, like, what's going on. And, and I probably could have a very big business compared to what I have if I knew how to do that. So I think all I do is I just, what I've always done is I just write about and, you know, talk about things that I'm interested in. And I think if you do that, I think you're, 
that's a really smart thing to do. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, and the thing is, nobody may read it. I mean, you know, but if, you know, if you have something to say that can help people, then I think that's a good thing. So, you know, certainly when I had this lawsuit and I was looking for an attorney in Los Angeles, the reason I wanted to know information and, you know, there was nothing I could find out there about this, you know, thing I needed information about. And this one attorney, there was only one attorney out there that had written an article. And, you know, so that was who I, I call. So it's not necessarily an article. You're right. It's podcast. It's uh, videos, like you said, and it's all these different things. And um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, anything you can do to to get out there and, and talk to people is, is you know, or, or get people's interest is helpful. I mean, the other thing too, that in terms of marketing, I mean, I remember when I was practicing law, like one of the biggest, the biggest business generators were always, you know, going and visiting potential clients and taking people out to eat and stuff. And that's another way of doing it. I mean, it just depends on what you're comfortable with. You know, and all of this is about bringing in leads at the end of the day um, into your business uh, or into the firm that you're working for. So talk to me more about building those leads and, and trying to bring them in. Um, and, and obviously, it's the, it's the bread and butter. It's the lifeblood of any business um, and maybe is not really concentrated on enough. Can you talk more about leads and how to think about them and how to generate them? Well, yeah, so leads are, um, um, you know, you need to have people, uh, you know, coming in or calling you for advice. You need to have people, um, you know, having questions. You need to have people referring other people to you. You need to have, uh, you know, uh, people calling you with their problems. If you're an attorney, you need to have, uh, you know, um, you know, people that, you know, you need to have things to talk about. Uh, a lot of times attorneys will put on seminars about various things. I mean, you just need to have, uh, you know, you need to be able to promote things and uh, or something or, or some sort of solution to people's problems. And, um, you know, and, um, you know, and so that's, you, you need to do that. And, you, but, you know, and most, that's where most attorneys kind of fall flat. Like they, they never, they never start. So, you know, because they're never starting to promote themselves, uh, you know, they're never bringing in leads. And so that not only do they not stand for anything, like in terms of their backgrounds, like they have no, there's nothing specific about their backgrounds or what they do. They're just kind of like a me too litigator, a me too corporate attorney, but not only is there nothing specific about their backgrounds to people's interests, but then there's nothing specific. Um, there's nothing they're doing to promote that background. Why do you think there is such uh, reluctance on the part of attorneys to promote themselves, to really behave like a salesman? I mean, is it because there is such a kind of a cultural <laughs> distaste for your typical uh, TV commercial ambulance chasing lawyer that they, they don't they don't want to appear to be like that to try and engage in those skill sets because they feel like it's a little bit. I don't know, beneath them or something? Well, there's a lot going on there. Uh, like one of the reasons that uh, attorneys don't promote themselves is that, you know, the law firms uh, look at that attorney's thinking time, uh, like the time the attorney's thinking as their time. So, you know, so by the time someone's done with the day, you know, they're hopefully all thought out and their mind doesn't have, um, uh, they're, they're just not, um, you know, uh, enthusiastic. I mean, anymore, and they, they can't, they can't write or go out or anything. So that's, that's one of the things, you know, I think the law firms, to some extent, a lot of them, especially the big ones, you know, don't, don't promote their attorneys doing a lot of promoting uh, is one or the attorneys, you know, their value is the hours that they have. And so you know, the law firm, I mean, you know, if it takes you 10 hours to 
you know, market decline. I mean, that could be $5,000 from the firm. I don't know. So that's one thing. I don't think every firm's like that. And I would say that, you know, I wouldn't even say more than half of them are, but a lot of them are. And then I think another reason that attorneys don't promote themselves is I think because the majority of them don't, I think there's a lot of peer pressure uh, that makes people that do it, you know, feel like they're kind of weird or outsiders and, um, you know, and it's not always, uh, and it's also, you don't get a big reward from it right away. Uh, you know, back when I started doing this, uh, I started, you know, advertising in, um, you know, in magazines and things like that. And like, you know, doing these, you know, big advertisements and color ads and so forth to magazines. And I remember that, uh, you know, people would be like, have you got any leads from that? Have you got, you know, and, you know, building the lead pipeline is a, is a long process. I mean, people need to recognize you, who you are over time. And, and it's not like you can do one thing and expect all the leads to come in. I mean, you have to be, you know, promoting and promoting and promoting to bring in leads eventually. I mean, and it doesn't start out quickly. It starts out slowly. You know, it's not something that's going to happen right away. Um, I mean, one thing that I would say, and you know, just in the recruiting business, I mean, you know, I've been advertising every day for, you know, 20 plus years. So, I mean, it's like, you just can't stop. So the other aspect of leads and generating them is to actually convert them. So it's one thing to actually find these people that may need your services, but to actually seal the deal in the room or on the phone uh, or in the email is not, it's not an easy task. It, it really isn't. It's taken me a long time to develop these skills. Um, but can you talk a little bit about that um, how you get better at converting leads for uh, your firm, for your business? Well, I think the way to convert a lead, I mean, you know, one example I would tell is I, when I, I had a big case not too long ago, like five, six years ago, and I was hiring a law firm and I called up one firm and I spoke to an attorney and he was a counsel. And I mean, this guy couldn't even, um, you know, I mean, I don't know how this guy was, you know, I mean, he, he couldn't, you know, talk. And uh, <laughs> honestly, I mean, he just was blowing, you know, and I really wanted to do business with him. I was hoping, you know, that um, he, he was saying he could help me. So, you know, when you convert leads, I mean, the biggest way, like I, we had a big meeting about this uh, actually in our company, uh, or I had a, did a presentation about it today. So your, your timing is actually pretty good. And um, what we did is we talked about, uh, uh, you know, three different types of, um, you know, uh, recruiters that the people would, or, you know, three different types of people that, um, you know, that, uh, um, uh, you know, someone would potentially go to when they're, when they're looking, you know, for an attorney. And the, the first person we brought up, let me just see if I even have this here. I'm just kind of curious. Um, yeah, the first person was like, you know, we said, well, if you go to a, if you go to a, um, uh, you know, a, a, you know, someone um, that I wish I had, it. let me just, I'm just trying to look at it right real quick. But the idea was like, you know, you go to the first attorney and the first attorney says to you, uh, you know, something along the lines of, um, you know, uh, you know, you know, and you say you're convicted of a crime or, you know, you're not convicted, but I mean, you're accused of a crime and you go to the first attorney and that attorney will not, doesn't really say anything about themselves. Um, you know, he doesn't ask you much about yourself or when you, when you talk to him, he doesn't really listen very well. Um, and then he asks you to sign a retainer and he's just not engaged. Uh, you know, he seems tired, you know, um, you know, and then that would be your first choice. And your second choice might be an attorney that tells you, you know, what a big deal he is because he works for this big firm and he knows what's best and he asks you to sign something. And then, you know, the third attorney may, 
empathize with you. He may ask you to tell you all about your story. He may ask you about your family. Um, you know, uh, he'll, he tries to understand you. He takes your side and becomes your advocate and makes you feel like he believes in you. He may tell you about his family, his struggles, you know, uh, tells you about people that he's helped similar to you and how he's helped them. You know, he tells them about the resources that he has, uh, you know, shows you a picture about his family and so forth. And so, you know, the people that convert the most leads are people that are, you know, obviously you would choose the third attorney. I'm assuming, right? I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, so the point is, is that most attorneys are, are not good at it, but most of them do not bond with uh, the people that are, um, that they're talking to. And, um, you know, or they don't bond with the client or they don't give the client a reason to feel like they're human. And, and the big thing is, is, you know, every, every person out there, you know, is looking for connection. And unfortunately, uh, most people uh, aren't able to, to get that connection. So, you know, because they're unable to get connection, they, um, you know, um, you know, they often don't feel, uh, you know, like they, you know, they, they don't do business with people. And so a lot of times the people we do business with are the people that offer us that connection. So I think, uh, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, that, um, you know, you, you will convert more leads when you, when you, when you connect with people. And I think that that uh, is really, um, you know, the most, the most important thing. I'm reminded of something you said recently on another episode where you said that it's really important for you to be of service um, or at least to appear to be of service to your client, because as you point out, it really makes um, the people you're working for feel like you care and that you can protect them um, because so often that's why you want to hire a lawyer in the first place. So just appearing to be of service to really listen, uh, these are really critical skills, I think, um, not only to... Uh, maybe be better at your job, but definitely to promote yourself and to be able to generate more clients. Yeah. I mean, and one thing I was just thinking like, um, you know, in terms of a good attorney versus a bad attorney, like, like I've had attorneys like, and even an agent or, um, you know, anybody, or even in a recruiter or, you know, but like a good attorney will always, you know, whatever your issue is, they'll take your side. They'll, they'll believe in your story. They'll, they'll, um, they'll tell you they believe in you and they'll, They'll really try to paint the world in, in a way that matches whatever your story is and what you need to win. And someone that's bad will just kind of tell you, you know, all the problems and they won't really get enthused. And, you know, the people we want to represent us are the people that take our side, you know, and those are the best attorneys. But very few attorneys, I mean, understand that basic thing. And it's just, it's kind of amazing to me. I mean, actually, a lot of them do. Most of them do. But I, I think... A lot of them don't. And, and I think that's the problem. One of the uh, other big aspects of running uh, a successful business, a successful firm, um, is to surround yourself with great people. I think I've referenced this quote before recently, but uh, I'll say it again. It's a Lauren Michaels quote. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. I think this applies to, to uh, the people that you surround yourself with. Um, can you talk a little bit about that, about building teams? Um, and this, again, it must be a skill that is maybe difficult for many attorneys who have a bit of a lone wolf style and outlook uh, with their lives um, to work in teams might not be as easy for them. Can you talk a little bit about why it's so important um, to uh, to become really successful and indeed to make a lot of money? Well, I mean, the first thing is, is, you know, like if, if you're your own boss, you know, then, you know, you're not seeing, you know, more than, you know, half the things or, you know, 95% of the things that are wrong with you. All you're doing is, 
you know, replaying things in your mind that people may have said to you 50 years ago or something or 55 years ago. And that's why solo practitioners tend not to be the greatest attorneys. I mean, like, you know, um, you know, you need to be um, surrounded by, uh, you know, people that are, uh, you know, helping you. And, and so, you know, or, or pushing you. So yeah, surrounding yourself with people that are much smarter than you is, is a great idea. I mean, you know, and if you don't, I mean, that's a huge problem. And I like that quote you put up. I mean, I think I've heard that before. I've definitely heard that before, but I mean, that's a great quote. I mean, um, you know, I mean, you're never going to grow or get, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, better if you're not trying to find, um, you know, uh, you know, better people. And it's just, it needs, you know, better people than you and then surrounding yourself with them. And no one can make a lot of money on working just on their own. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. And, and, and a big part of that too, I think is identifying the things and being honest with yourself about the things that you're not great at. Um, of course we can all improve on things, but, um, some of us just don't have uh, certain competencies that others do and that uh, you can kind of get that off your shoulders by hiring something, somebody really competent in that particular area is going to just have huge uh, knock on effects throughout your entire business. Not to say anything of your mental health. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely difficult uh, taking criticism from people, but um, you know, and um, having surrounding yourself with people and uh, do that. But I mean, I can tell you one of the best business experiences I ever had is when I started going to like some of these business networking groups, because, you know, all of a sudden I started realizing all the things I was doing wrong, you know, you know, all these things that we've just been talking about, you know, building great systems, hiring great people, et cetera, can be quite costly. And at the end of the day, you got to maximize your profit and make sure that everything that you're kind of bringing on and, and building is going to be able to produce some profit at the end of the day. Can you talk about keeping your eye on the bottom line as you build these systems out? What are some great rules of thumb to use to try and uh, ensure that you're not just blowing through cash for no good reason? Well, so law firms kind of have, um, you know, systems that they use, um, you know, and I mean, traditionally, you know, when, when you look at, you know, I mean, and, and how money's used when it comes in and, and all sorts of things. And, um, you know, and, and really, I mean, how do you profit off the work? I mean, some, some people, you know, do it like in one way, like one way I've seen people do it is they, they will have a bunch of very inexpensive people doing work. And then, um, but then the quality of the product's not good and it's very difficult to scale. And then other people will pay people too much. And then, the quality of the work may be too good, but then the people that are getting paid a lot of money are, um, you know, sucking all the money out of the business. And then that's what made has made a lot of law firms fail. I mean, as a general rule, I think that, you know, what you need, what, what a successful law firm does and what most successful businesses do is, you know, they, they, they try to limit the, um, the, you know, and this isn't something certainly that I've been able to do effectively, but, uh, you know, but they limit the, um, the compensation that, uh, that their, you know, payroll of the people that are doing service related work to about 30% of the revenue. No. That's a pretty major statement, you know, but um, when you look at most successful law firms, um, you know, what they're doing is, you know, every attorney in there is getting about 30 is getting about 30% of the revenue that they produce, if that makes sense. So, and that's just kind of the model. And anytime someone strays from that, like if they go too low, uh, the law firm uh, will never grow or will be kind of a crappy law firm. And if they go too high, it may be good, but 
uh, it's probably, it's, it's not necessarily sustainable. So everything's kind of seems like it just gravitate towards that mean. And I, I certainly don't do that in my business, but I, but I, my experience with law firms shows that, you know, if that's what makes them most successful. It's just kind of religiously everyone going back to that. It's 30 to 35%, but going back to that number. You know, and the other really difficult part of this entire process is that it's always changing, that the market is always shifting. Um, and, you know, technology, even more so. In five, ten years, the entire economy can look completely different than it did, uh, you know, just a half a decade or a decade previous. So can you talk about building a system or um, at least uh, a routine that always kind of refocuses your mind uh, and is always reviewing the processes that you've put in place to make sure that you don't get left behind. I know this is a pretty big topic in and of itself, but do you have any thoughts about that, about how to stay up to date and relevant? Well, I think that, um, yeah, the business models need to, um, you know, be updated. So, you know, so right now, you know, in the legal placement business, like I have people working in this company that, have, you know, and, uh, you know, and I had, I mean, one, I used to have more and I mean, one of them actually died uh, uh, a while ago, but, you know, some people that have been in this business, you know, that have been in the business that I'm in for, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, wow. I mean, 40 plus years, uh, you know, and they're still following a business model that, you know, from that they learned 40 plus years ago. And, and it's not nearly as effective. Uh, and they work here. I mean, they work here doing, you know, recruiting related work. And um, and there's nothing wrong with that. And they're they're they. It, but you know, if they were doing something new, they would make a lot, uh, you know, more money. And um, you know, when I when I started this business, and people were still using, you know, yellow pages for you know, like I for getting candidates. And so I mean, for getting businesses, attorneys, and. Um, you know, and so, yeah, everything's always changing. And that's, that's really the problem. I mean, you know, most people, um, you know, are continually, um, you know, get stuck in one way of doing things and they never change. And, and that's why, you know, when, you know, when I, I remember when, you know, when I got started this business, like I, I would see people, you know, that had been doing it for like 20 plus years or whatever. And you'd look at their websites and you'd realize just, you know, how old and, everything was kind of going downhill and, and it didn't make any sense. And, you know, and it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, everything needs to constantly be reinvigorated. And, uh, and if you don't do that, then you're going to fail. So the intent of this episode was really just to focus people's minds on the fact that their legal career is also a business career. And I'm going to put you on the spot here, Harrison. We didn't talk about this before we started recording, but, you know, do you have any like particular books or, or anything that you would recommend to lawyers that would really help them to kind of develop their burgeoning business acumen. Um, it, it's, it's such a huge uh, and really lifelong uh, set of skills that you're trying to develop here. But uh, anything come to mind that you'd recommend to set people out on the right course? I mean, two of the best books that I've ever written or read um, are, uh, you know, one of them is Good to Great, which is a really good book. Uh, you know, that's a book by a Stanford Business School professor, and it talks about. Uh, you know, kind of the characteristics of the best companies. And, um, and it's generally that they stand for something and they, you know, they keep improving and all, all the things that I kind of brought up just now. And a lot of them, I mean, certainly everything I've said is not, um, I mean, the book is, has a lot more to offer than what I just talked about, but, 
Uh, I mean, it, that's a really good book. And then another book that I really like, uh, which I, I think just has a tremendous amount of depth to it, and I actually read it every single year, uh, is called Think and Grow Rich. And that's just a, a kind of a classic book by Napoleon Hill. And that talks about things like persistence and, um, you know, and self-confidence and, um, you know, constantly questioning yourself and uh, surrounding yourself with a group of people that will question you. And, um, you know, and then, um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, just a lot of things like that. And there's different chapters on it. And, you know, he wrote a lot of books, but this is the one, only one that I think is really well edited. So I think it's a very good book because of that. I mean, it just, it comes across very clearly. And then it also has a big section kind of on goal setting and, and, um, and that, that's just a really good book. I mean, I, I read that when I was young and I, I thought it was, uh, you know, an exceptional book, uh, you know, and, um, and I, I haven't read it every year, but I, I've certainly read it. Uh, quite a bit. So that that's one book I like. How about yourself? Um, and when it comes to business and developing business skills, I, I have to confess, I've, it's been less for me uh, reading and more like podcasts and YouTube shows. Uh, and in, indeed, many of the clients that have hired me uh, who focus on business uh, skill sets have been hugely, hugely powerful for me. And it really made me think about things that I never really had before. Um, I was always more of a media uh, person rather than a business person, right? And so kind of developing these skills hasn't always been easy, but there is such a wealth of information out there, um, you know, especially from podcasts to YouTube to books that uh, I think everyone would benefit from at least having a little bit of this in their back pocket. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, and I, I, I wish I'd spend more, more time, uh, like you're saying, um, you know, on, on a lot of those new media things. I mean, even podcasts, I wish I read or listened to more of, but yeah. You're right. That's a great place to leave it, Harrison. Thanks for making time for me. Thanks. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you're an attorney looking for a change, go to bcgsearch.com.